With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you know you're all American. Oh, actually, you're actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. It ain't hating on me, Chad. You know yeah, I gotta man. do something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasa! You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Go get out of my face with that crazy that's, stuff. That's, the number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs. And now, your host, Chad suggestions for uh, my man Emil 
be by all means call into the show and let us know. We'll relay those to them. 347-633-9365. 347-633-9365 would be more than happy to uh take your suggestions for Emil as he sits uh stuck in Miami International Airport until 6:30 today. That's a pretty good amount of time to be stuck in Miami International Airport. He may learn Spanish before he leaves today. That is a strong possibility. There's going to be a plus there for him. Might pick up a new language if he stays there long enough. So, um, yeah, I I would appreciate it if you folks could call in here with your suggestions for Emil and what he could do while he hangs out in Miami International Airport for the next, ah, what do we got? Only eight hours until flight time for Emil Calamino and his wife, Denise. And both of them are stuck in uh, Miami International Airport. So if you have any suggestions for him, that would be great. It would be greatly appreciated when we could pass them on to him. There was a big game yesterday. It was Super Bowl 50. Uh, half a hundred years of this have been going on. And uh, the storybook ending that uh, I'm, I'm sure all the brats in the National Football League were hoping for Peyton Manning, one of the most decorated quarterbacks to ever play this game in the National Football League, has the opportunity. And I do say opportunity because nothing is definite yet from the Peyton Manning camp, but has the opportunity to walk off into the sunset with the championship. A ton of passing records uh, and a lot of uh, documented um, statistical history for Peyton Manning. And a lot of good wins. Not a lot of great wins, but a lot of good wins for him. But this being a great one, that he has the opportunity to walk out. He can walk out like uh, the general manager for the Denver Broncos did. Faced a ton of disappointment in the big game early on in his career. And then towards the end of his career, was able to pick up back-to-back Super Bowls and rode off into the sunset. And will Peyton Manning do the same? Or is there a part of Peyton Manning that says, you know what, John Elway won back-to-back Super Bowls. Maybe I could do that. Maybe this defense is that great enough. I don't have to be that great by myself. And I can come back and win back-to-back Super Bowls in this thing on my way out. He also runs the risk, though, of coming back and then, you know, getting to the Super Bowl and losing yet another Super Bowl which would be three losses in the big game for him and not necessarily going out the way that he wants. And so uh, those are the questions sitting in front of Peyton Manning right now. And uh, those are the things for him to consider on this day. As uh, he lets it all soak in, the winning the Super Bowl and winning his second Super Bowl, becoming the first quarterback ever, ever to lead Two different franchises to Super Bowl victories. He will have that distinction. So for all of you out there that um, are not the biggest Peyton Manning fans or you hate on Peyton Manning for one reason or another, uh, he does own that until someone else is able to do such a thing. Peyton Manning is the first quarterback to lead two different franchises to Super Bowl victories. Not the first to appear in uh, two Super Bowls with different franchises. You know, Kurt Warner had done that, and Peyton Manning himself had done it. He was in the Super Bowl 
two, three years ago with the Denver Broncos after having appeared with the Indianapolis Colts. But that Super Bowl did not go very well for Peyton and the boys as they were, you know, defeated soundly by a Super Seattle Seahawks football team that beat them 41-8 in that game. A little bit of redemption for Peyton last night as uh, he picks up the win there. Uh, kudos to him and uh, and his opportunity to make Super Bowl history and also win that game. But a couple of storylines from this game. and So I go through the timelines to find out what's big for people. What are they talking about? Uh, on my particular timeline, you had a lot of people talking about was Super Bowl 50 rigged. Uh, I knew that would be the talk ahead of time. Um, going into this game that if it turned out that things were moving in a direction for Peyton Manning, would, uh, would the talk be that the game was rigged, fully expected that to be the case if the Denver Broncos were to come out in this game? But was it? And is that something just to really throw around out there? Well, let's talk about what rigged is. Rigged has different meanings for different people. Uh, me, rigged is a little bit more of a harsher term, a little bit more of an indictment. That means a grand, big grand scheme was put together, and it involves more than just the official. A big grand scheme was put together to get a desired outcome. So to me, when you talk about rigged, it's not just the uh, officials. You now need to talk to people on the team that you need to lose and have them underperform in a way that would get the desired outcome. I mean, if you're really going to rig something, you got to just go ahead and rig it. Because if you just leave it up to the officials, then you really run the you really run the risk of losing all integrity. You know, at least if you get the losing team involved, there's a chance you can keep that, a really good chance that you can keep that secret, and then you don't lose integrity unless it comes out somehow later on down the road. And there have been bigger secrets kept in our lifetime. We still want to know if Jimmy Hoffa is alive or not, but nevertheless. Uh, in my mind, when you say rigged, you got to go touch the team that you need to lose as well. So I don't know if rigged is the word I want to use. I will say this questionable officiating in last night's game. Um, and I think when folks on my timeline are saying whether or not a game is rigged, I think that's the uh, standpoint they're coming from. They're going to go straight to the officials. The officials are always a problem in games, uh, big games like this. But uh, I do have to say it, there were some questionable things going on. I, I personally, and I tweeted this yesterday, I'm sick and tired of replay. You know what, get rid of instant replay. Let's get rid of that thing. Because when something is so clear to you, both live, and then when you look at the replay, and you go look at the replay and come out with the wrong outcome, then, you know, you're really wasting people's time Let's let's quit doing let's quit wasting people's time. Don't hold the game up. And while the game's being held up, we're looking at replays, they clearly show an outcome. And you come back with a call that's on the other side. You know, cut the cut the BS already. And I'm talking about the catch that was made early in the game by the Carolina Panthers by Jericho Cotri. That is clearly a catch under any of the little 
kooky little rules the NFL have to um, determine what is a catch. You know, those rules are nonsense, but we can get into that at a later date. But under all your little foolish rules, NFL, that was a catch. It's clear on the film, on the video that we were all watching, and it's the angles that you're seeing, so don't give us that BS. You saw the same angles, Mr. Replay Guy, and you come back and get the damn thing wrong. When you start doing stuff like that, does that one single play change the outcome of the game? Uh, we can't really definitively say that. But when you start piecing crap like that together, you change momentum in a game. And momentum, if you've played the game or if you've paid attention to football, then you know momentum is a really big deal in a football game. And so you add that. And then you have a questionable uh, call in the end zone where Peyton Manning was clearly trying to throw a ball away. You call a holding call. You make a prior-to-the-pass holding call on Josh Norman when that was clearly the wrong call because when contact was made by Norman, it was after the pass was thrown. You could see that. And the ball was thrown. It was an uncatchable ball. So there should have been no call there. Should have been no call on that. And uh, you make the little stupid prior, you know, you've got to get a penalty there. You need to get a penalty. You want to have a penalty. And I hate when officials do that nonsense. Well, you want to get them for something. So let's get them for holding prior to the snap. Bull crap, man. It didn't happen before the snap. Clear as day. It's either a pass interference call or it's a no call, which is what it should have been because the ball was thrown high and out of bounds. And it should not have prolonged the drive, which ended up in a touchdown, and it should have been in a, a field goal. That's just two examples. And there were other little questionable calls in that game, and things kind of seemed to slant in the direction of the Denver Broncos. Now, I can't deny that. So, uh, from that standpoint, I think, uh, you know, if you were to tell me that, you know, some moves were made, maybe from, I don't even know how that something like that would work, but when you if you can tell me that the officials were in some way encouraged to slant things that were 50-50 in the favor of the Denver Broncos, because it's a really nice story for us. And this franchise and this league, if Peyton Manning is your winner and the Denver Broncos are your winner here, then, uh, you know, I'm not going to be someone that's going to say, oh, no, that's nonsense. Uh, that, yeah, that could have very well been what took place. Was the officiating in this game straight up? Eh, no, I don't think so. That's not the feeling I get watching that game last night. A little bit of BS. Does it rise to the level of rig? Uh, not my definition, but very much the definition of many of those who watch the game and are on uh, my social media timelines feeling rigged. You know, the losing team always has uh, that feeling. You know, unless it's just a straight blowout punch in the face, 
typically your uh, losing teams, fans of the losing team, need a reason as to why you lost, and that's the the uh, direction normally that they go and attack the officials. Well, you know what? The officials gave them a reason to uh, attack them here in this game. Can't deny that. Just going to be honest about it. So, uh, unfortunate when you get things like this going on. And uh, that's what you got, man. So, I didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. Uh, the officiating could have gone better. And if this was your best crew, come on, NFL, you can do better than that. So some blown calls there. Could Carolina have played better? Oh, most definitely. What's up with the drop passes on both ends yesterday? Didn't seem like either one of these wide receiver groups could make catches. Now, yeah, you get into the big game and you have some jitters, but for crying out loud, come on, man, make some catches. Carolina wide receivers didn't help out Cam Newton at all. Ditto for the Denver Broncos. Too many balls put on the ground. I would have liked to have seen, um, you know, a little better production out of the wide receivers there, especially on balls that are hitting your hands. Not a good showing on both ends. The defense is dominated in these games. Denver couldn't really get the running game going the way they wanted, although I will say C.J. Anderson ran his behind off in this game. Props to him. Ran hard. Cranked out some tough yards. And uh, he should be commended for the way that he ran the football in this game. He ended up with 90 yards on 23 carries. It, that falls under four yards, under the four-yard average that you'd like to see. But uh, had some timely runs and some timely catches in the game. I mean, some timely runs and some, you know, some good runs in the game that um, – Flip some field position for the Carolina Panthers, I mean, for the uh, Denver Broncos. And, uh, you know, that was very noteworthy. He had all 90 yards rushing, by the way, for the Denver Broncos in this game. I didn't like the game plan by the Carolina Panthers. Let me just put that out there right now. I thought, you know, when you are having so much trouble blocking the ends, and shoring up, thing on, shoring up things on the edges for the Carolina Panthers, then you need to do something. And I thought for the Carolina Panthers, your answer to that should have been to get into a little bit more of a power running scheme. You know, you needed to do that. Didn't see that diamond set at all out of the Carolina Panthers yesterday. Yes, I know Denver was giving you a lot of five-man front looks. Well, then you know what? You match that up with a power running game. See what that would do. You got to at least try that. Because the over and over simple runs on first down, getting you only two yards and leaving in a lot of second and eight, second and nine situations, which became predictable pass situations and led to a lot of completions. By the way, Cam Newton had a 43.9% completion rate yesterday because he found himself in a lot of obvious passing situations, a lot of third and eights, a lot of third and nines, a lot of third and twelves for Carolina because, you know, they didn't do the right things on first down. 
very predictable run plays on first down, for which Denver was adequately prepared for. As I said, with a lot of five-man fronts on first down that Carolina just insisted on running into without really going heavy with their run sets. Could have been more designed runs for Cam Newton. Only had six rushes on the night. And two or three of those were, you know, were out of pass plays where he scrambled. I counted maybe only three legit designed run plays for Cam Newton yesterday. And he's one of your biggest weapons in your rushing game. So I didn't really like, I didn't really like the offensive game plan for Carolina. I mean, you had to know Von Miller and DeMarcus where if you watch any film, they're a problem. And you better have a plan B if those guys start getting loose on you, which they did. And uh, Carolina not adequately prepared for that. And uh, that was disappointing. So just a couple of things to throw out there on Super Bowl 50. We got a number of other things to talk about here on the show today. Did you like the halftime show? Is that satisfactory? Did you need a boob to fall out for it to be good for you? Or are you one of those that just need a really clean cut halftime show for you to enjoy it? I'll give my feelings on the halftime show. Who had the best commercials? We can talk about that. And should this be it for Peyton Manning? We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back right after this. OMG. Look at all of this paperwork. Are you a business owner and you're buried under a mountain of paperwork? You need an MVP on your team. And that MVP is MVP Business Concierge Services. They know that sometimes paperwork can get in between you and your customers. Why not spend the time doing what it is you do best? Getting new customers, handling the ones that you have now, and while you're doing that, you can have an MVP working for you. We know that tax season is the busiest time of the year for business owners. No more missing deadlines and getting IRS penalties for late filing. MVP Business Concierge Services will do all the hard work for you. They will streamline your payroll, streamline your finances, and have you on track. With trustworthy advisors that are very reliable, they will take the hard work away from you and get you back into what it is you're doing best. How do you get this MVP on your team? You call right now, 844-696-8722, 844-MY-MVP-CC, or send an email to info at mymvp.cc and get an MVP on your team today. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25, and get this, 
cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. a couple of questions. Where do we go on this? 
you know, let me give let me give you my thoughts on this. Number one, uh, it is apparent, and it has been apparent a long time ago. Cam Newton does not really too much care about whether or not people are going to rip him for what it is that he does. And you folks out there better get start getting used to that because that's going to be the way of the athlete as we move forward here in this new era of social media and blog writers and amateur uh, amateur press. Press people, let me say, amateur writers, amateur media people, everyone's a media now. So any boob can pick up a pen or start typing on a computer and offer up opinions on games, on uh, on on people. And when you get an overflow of that, and there's a certain lack of professionalism that's missing in journalism nowadays, and it seems the media is usually out to attack people. And the higher you get up, you know, the closer you get to the top of a mountain, the more attacks you get. And that's just going to lead to athletes and celebs giving less of a damn about what people think. So that's where Cam is. He owns it. Doesn't really run from it. He's just going to do him. So he's upset after the game yesterday, and he displayed that. Now, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have another glorified athlete, quarterback, so to speak, that's going to act this way in a press conference, and he's going to get a pass. I'm here to tell you it's more than likely going to be a white quarterback, A, because the majority of quarterbacks in the league are white, B, because that's just the more accepted model of what's at that position currently, something that's changing, but you know, the quarterback position has been largely white. There's no running away from that in the NFL. So the actions of those uh, of that color are what people come to accept. And that anything that falls outside of that genre, let's say, I'm probably not the proper word, but anything that falls out of that mode of operation is going to be frowned upon because that's just not how it's been done. That's just not how people have acted that have played this position. And how can you lead your team acting this way and being short in a press conference and you need to be mature, blah, blah, blah. Hey, listen, have you been watching the Carolina Panthers all season? The 18-2 and two Carolina Panthers... Did it look at all to you as though Cam Newton had any problem leading his football team? You know, for great parts of this season, we talked about how is he doing it. I can't name any of the receivers on this football team. He's getting them to play at new heights. He's making them do things they've never done before. Ted Ginn couldn't bust a grape as a wide receiver at any of his previous stops. But now he looks like Superman in Carolina. Cam Newton is getting these guys to play. All of a sudden, because he's short and uh, is showing his displeasure with the outcome of the Super Bowl, he can't. He might not be able to lead his team. Come on, people, get off of it. Pull your finger out of your rear end and stop your nonsense. This is just another example of social media and your little amateur journalist and people looking for an angle and trying to find stories and stuff to write about because you need to fill up, you know, your media space. Finding something. Yeah, did he give you something to jump on? Great. I mean, maybe it's genius by Cam. Yeah. 
hey, you know what? Let me give them something to talk about. They're going to find something. And at least if I do this, I know what they're going to hop on. So here, hop on this. I'm not going to be the, the nicest guy after losing the biggest game of my life. And I'm sure deep down inside, Cam feels a little bit the way that I do about the officiating. A catch that's a catch that you reviewed that ends up not being a catch. I get blasted after a throw in the end zone, no sort of call whatsoever. Hey, that could have went either way. Could have went either way. But I'm sure in Cam's mind, like if I'm Tom Brady, if I'm Peyton Manning, if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I get hit like that, then flag coming out on this play. You saw him fall down after the pass interference call. Oh, not the pass interference call. No, no, no. On the holding call on Josh Norman prior to the pass being thrown, that bullcrap call. Hey, I'm sure a part of him was saying, uh, look at this nonsense that we've got going on here. We didn't get really many of any calls last night. No benefit of the doubt at all from any of these officials. But Denver seemed to be getting the benefit of the doubt. So as he's reflecting on all that in his mind, Right after a football game, the biggest football game of his life, he developed a little bit of an anger and an attitude. Listen, I'm old enough to have watched the whole Jim McMahon thing. Uh, that guy wasn't very professional at all, folks. Not at all. Not one iota. Not your model of what you would want you folks out there would want a quarterback to be. Had no problem leading the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl in a very stomp-your-face fashion in 1985. And, uh, I, you know, he's still held up in high regard in history. Now, there were some folks who had some things to say about Jim McMahon and the way that he behaved back then, yes. But in this day of social media, it becomes widespread. So the talk, the big talk afterwards, after the game, is going to be about Cam Newton. And he wasn't really playing nicey-nice guy after the Super Bowl. Right thereafter, very disappointed, has to do a press conference. Yes, when you're a professional, you got to do that. So should he gave uh, cookie-cutter answers? No. That makes Cam Cam. It's a personality. That's what makes this whole game go anyway. They want drama. They have turned national. They've turned the NFL into uh, all the drama that people want. It's entertainment as much as it is athletics. It's entertainment. What'd they do all week in the media? It's good versus evil. It's Peyton Manning, cookie-cutter quarterback against Cam Newton, the dabbing jackass. They did that all week. It was, you know, good versus evil. So, hey, you know what? You guys wanted to play that all week before the game? Hey, I'll continue that theme for you after. This is what evil guys do. I dab when I win. I don't answer questions when I lose afterwards. Paint me as evil. Maybe Cam will just suck all that up and throw that right into his off-season preparation. And come right back as the evil guy. I mean, you know, what do you folks want anyway, okay? When Russell Wilson was the ever cookie cutter as you want, he was praising God. Both in his victories and in his losses. I mean, went straight to Jesus. Praise God. You folks had a problem with him being praising God for all of his abilities and his uh, nice outcomes. You had a problem with that. Stop praising God, Russell. Okay, so you got Cam Newton. He's on the other side of this thing. I don't want to answer your question. You got a problem with Cam Newton being that. So you don't want him to be God. You don't want him to be short. What is it exactly that he needs to be? Is there a manual? 
Can someone out there tell us exactly what a guy needs to be after he loses a football game? Anyone? Raise your hand out there. What exactly does the losing quarterback need to be? Who is that? Come on, man. Get off of it. Cut all the BS. Let's go out to the phone lines. A hidden phone number here, so we'll just hang on to see what this one's all about. Call it on the Gridiron Stead Show. Man, good morning. What's up, bro? How you doing, man? Man, what do you another, got for me? Another, Share your thoughts. I, I know they're gonna be. I know they're gonna hit hard. What do you got for me? Um, hey man, I, I'm the same way as Cam Newton. After I get after a Super Bowl, I lost. I didn't play well. I made a bad, a few bad throws. A lot of passes were were dropped. Uh, referees bad calls. They beat us. They played better. They won. Okay. I'm done asking questions. Is that it? All right. Have a good day. And yeah, for him I, to be... I, I, don't know. I don't know what people want, Les. I don't know what they want. I just said it. When uh, Russell Wilson was doing his press game conferences, he was you're praising God for all that he had had and all of his abilities and all of his successes. Even praised God when he had failure. And people had a problem with that. Now Cam Newton is on the other side of that and not praising God. He just doesn't want to answer a whole bunch of questions. And they had a little bit of an attitude. They got a problem with that. So who's to say exactly what you need to be after uh, a football game when you lose it? How about you just be yourself? And that was just Cam being himself. Can God not be himself? Well, not nowadays because you are a celebrity status and you don't have a problem speaking in the mic before the game. Um, they find it why are you having such a hard time speaking after you lose a game. Um, they expect you to be uh, a stand-up citizen in every situation, and none of them are professional as they seem as well. I mean, they build you up to knock you down. Um, it's just a sad situation, man, and it, it always happens to African quarterbacks. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm one of the last people to go that route. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I, I will explore every other option, but man, that just kind of starting to look like that's what it is. Okay. You're just not going to win there, but you know what? Cam doesn't need to win that. So I say this, let people talk, let them make all the, uh, um, you know, comments they want about my pro post game press conference. He hasn't really cared much during the season when they were winning. People had a problem with dabbing. He kept dabbing. So it, it, it is what it, it is. It was amazing. It was amazing to see Bill Romanowski having to tell someone how to act like a gentleman, and you're speeding their players. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely hilarious. It's funny when people who have had a checkered past want to be the ones pointing the finger. Uh, You know what, though, Les? It's a way for Bill Romanowski to put himself in the – I mean, what other way, Les, does he have to get any press than to say something like that? So. well, Lee, Lee Shapiro did the same thing as well. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, uh, you have no other way at this point in time. You're not playing ball anymore. You're not really doing anything interesting. So what other way can I get my name in the news than to say something really stupid on social media? And that's what Romanowski did. And, you know, while I say I appreciate Cam for being who he was afterwards, I also appreciate Bill Romanowski for being who he is. Hey, man. You're not really into black people. Put that out there. I appreciate that. So at least I know what I'm dealing with when I'm talking about Bill Romanowski. 
You know, you're not into black guys. You know, don't hide that from me. Put it out there. He did. He put it out there. Thank you, Bill Romanowski. Amazing, man. But, uh, you know, uh, last night Denver's defense came up well. Von Miller was someone that was hard to block, for it seemed, for them. Uh, Michael Orr, you got paid a a lot of money and didn't do your job. Yeah, um, had a little bit of a problem there. I mean, listen, that other guy is very good, okay? Well, if you got DeMarcus Ware and, and uh, Von Miller running around you, making you look like you didn't belong in the NFL in the first place, like blindside, um, it's amazing. It's, it, I mean, it, it 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 was called for epic uh, ending. I mean, and, and, uh, let's you know, talk about the officiating in the game, Les. I know you saw the catch – Early on in the game, you review it. Oh, cut. And, I mean, you come up with the wrong answer. I'm, really, you know what? Pull the plug on on, on instant replay if you're just not going to get it right. Re- referees should be – they should be fine for every time they make a bad call. Take take 5000 out of his pocket and see how he'll feel. If he, and he'll, he'll start making the right calls because that was ridiculous for the guy to make a catch, flip over – Still keep the ball under control. Not let his hand, the ball touch the ground, and you call an incomplete pass. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing uh, to get it wrong in live action. Game's moving fast. You know, maybe you just didn't get it right. But to go review it and see all these angles and super slow mo, and you got a hundred angles and still come out wrong, it's like, man, you're punching us in the face right here as a fan. Like you insulted us with that call, and then. Uh, I really had a problem with the call towards the end of the game where, you know, it was a pass. Look, the contact made by Josh Norman down in the end zone was quite frankly and uh, easily you could have been, you know, you could look at it and say the contact was made after the ball was thrown. All right. Now the ball was thrown out of bounds. So it's not a pass interference. It's a no call. But instead of calling it what it was, you come up with the BS of prior to the ball being thrown holding. Come on, man. Stop it. I mean, what what about the pass interference against uh, um, Ted Ginn? Right. You know, you could have got – listen, all the 50-50 calls went the way of Denver yesterday. So if fans are on my timeline, which they are, saying that this game was rigged, you know what? I can't altogether blame them. I don't I, – I have a more – I have harsher guidelines for using that word rigged. When you tell me something's rigged, then the team that's involved in losing had to be involved in it also. That's that's my definition of rigged. But the officiating was a little slanted. And uh, perhaps they said, hey, you know, eh, it would be nice if we had this outcome in the Super Bowl 50. We let this guy go out, one of the most decorated passers ever in our game, and go out with a Super Bowl win. Which, by the way, Peyton Manning has not said that it's over. You think there's a part of Peyton that wants to come back and win back-to-back Super Bowls like John Elway did? It, it would be it's his best dollars to, to walk away. Because I think if he had... Why do you say he that? Had, well, I mean... That's a pretty played, damn good played, defense, Les. He played, he, played, he played a good game yesterday, but he's just not the Peyton, the Manning, Peyton Manning of... I mean, even my wife had to, had to say, when when he fumbled the ball... He was like, she was like, man, his arms a little. 
and TV put ten pounds on you. I was like, I was like, I'm looking at her like, did she actually notice this? And I'm like, wow, his arms is mighty little for a quarterback in the NFL. And, and they were showing, photos. man, they were showing photos of him when he was in college. His, his forehead must have grew about six inches. <laughs> they, like, it did grow. That is an amazing phenomenon. Like how did how did that happen? Um, but yes, it did. I mean, it did grow. But let let us stay on this here. Is he? Would you not be tempted to say, "Hey, this defense right here is pretty damn good. It's a championship kind of defense. You got a chance to come back. You when you have a defense like this, you are always you always have a chance to win a Super Bowl." Could I walk well, out well, of this thing with back-to-back Super Bowl victories and be the Manning leader in Super Bowl victories? Nah, I think it's best for him to walk away. I mean, yeah, it would be. It would sound like a great story if John Elway could talk. You know, would see it happen. But John John Elway knows that it's time for him to walk away. He he goes out as a winner, as a champion. I mean, look at the expression of his brother's face after he won a second Super Bowl. Like. I dare him. Yeah, how about that, Les? What was that about? That look on uh, Eli's face. Can we just can oh, we just man. break that, that look? That that was amazing. Like he was like, oh, like damn, I gotta share something else with him. <laughs> like I hate this. Yeah, <laughs> there's that. Yeah, like I finally had something on my guy, and then um, look, look at this. He's tied me up. Oh my god. You know, maybe I, mean, I he, wanted to retire. questions Eli um, has had to answer on that, but if there are any sound bites or any quotes from Eli as to what was going on in his head when he saw that, I'd like to see how he dodges that bullet today, you know, uh, that, that'd be, that would be very, very interesting, no doubt about it, so. Um, and like you, you said, know, we can today, today, today's the Cam Newton talk, everybody want to knock Cam Newton for his is not being professional after a big loss. I mean, it's your first Super Bowl. I mean, would you be disappointed in yourself? I mean, Josh, Josh Norman was, you know, vividly emotional after the game. You know, after losing. I mean, it happens. Sure. Some players, some players. I don't talk to my wife. I don't want to talk to the cat, the dog. I don't want to talk to nobody after I lose. I don't care if it's just a sure. game. Sure. I mean, I should. I'd be looking at it like this. It means a lot to the guy. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he could, he could have had the Jay Cutler look on his face right after. Then how much do you think they would have been crucifying him? Wow, wow. And, and you, you know what I mean? They'd have, been, they'd have been crushing that guy. Man. Amazing. I'm going to leave you with this last thing. This offseason, or uh, I think it's this offseason or next year, I think it might be this offseason, Von Miller is an unrestricted yeah. free agent. Oh, holy break the bank. He's about to he's about to get the he's about to get the sixty million dollar contract. But hey, let's how about this, man? Yes, um, he could probably go many places and get the biggest payday ever at his position. But do we leave Correct. the Denver Broncos? Um, you know what? You fit so well in there. Yeah, I mean, but how long? How long? See, the thing that you got to worry about is. 
what if injuries happen again next year like they have, they they've happened before? I mean, they they played they played a great game this year. They had everyone healthy. It wasn't really one a lot of people down. Early in the year, DeMarco Ware went down um, and made him have a better second half of the season. But the same thing could happen for next year. What if DeMarco Ware goes down or, you know, what if one of the cornerbacks mm-hmm. get hurt? Uh, you never know. They're, they're not the same team. Um, you know, what if uh, he he's asking for more money and, and he holds out and then comes back and starts the season late? I mean, anything could happen. So. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, no doubt about that. Uh, I just think, though, in this league, when you really fit in somewhere and you can – and, you know, you're just eating in a particular scheme, man, you you probably just want to keep that thing going, especially if you're winning Super Bowls you're winning championships. Absolutely. I've seen plenty Absolutely. of guys leave a scheme thinking they can play anywhere and do it anywhere and – they just fizzle out, and in the end, end up making less money than they would have if they would have just stayed with the quote unquote smaller contract, but played end up playing more years. At some point, Absolutely. you got to want to become a legend in the game, right? Absolutely, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, but you like I said, it's all, right, it's all about the it's all about the money to some of these guys now, though. You know. Yeah, I know, I know. The best in this game, I'm willing to bet, probably didn't play this game for the money and ended up somehow making a whole ton of it. Hey, man, I appreciate you calling into the show today, man. Loved your insight. You have a good one. All right, man. All right. I'm going to jump into a quick break. My final thoughts on Super Bowl 50 on this post-Super Bowl Monday. We'll do that when I get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. property owner or want to be one but you don't have time for property management then get an MVP on your team who has time for the letting process for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning dealing with deposit negotiation and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance no one's got time for that MVP does though get this MVP on your team you can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. 
Speed is what you need. So hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Sometimes I think maybe the powers that be want that. No big controversy. 
the biggest take from that that's lasting out of that halftime show is Beyonce catching her balance when she dipped down to her knees and apparently seemed to lose it and then re-catch it. Very athletic by uh, Beyonce. Very athletic by her. So that's what I see replayed the most out there. But overall, uh, I thought it was a good job for a halftime show. And uh, nothing too controversial there that will send people into a complete and utter tailspin. Because, you know, we're always looking for something to go crazy about. And uh, the halftime show didn't give people that. A lot of people to stand in there. And, um, you know, enjoy it without having their sensibilities assaulted. So, from that standpoint, a good job with the halftime show. So, there you have it. Uh, Peyton Manny, uh, me, frankly, I think he's going to kick that around a lot. He's going to think about what John Elway was able to do. It's just going to be a matter of, does Peyton feel like being greedy? And do I think I can come back now, win myself three Super Bowls? I don't know. You're not going to win four like Tom. And, you know, Tom's going to be playing a little bit longer than you. But can you come back now and be the Manning uh, household leader in Super Bowl wins? Eli Manning's face kind of said a lot of things to us there yesterday. Like, Dan, here I was, man, flying high. I had this on my brother. I had it on. I know we were competitive growing up as kids, and um, now we're adults. And I should be jumping up for joy and being happy to say we've got four Super Bowl championships in our household. But just that look on his face said, man, I really was enjoying being the Manning with more Super Bowl wins. And here it is. Looks like he's going to tie me up here. But now Peyton's got to think about does he, he, he want to hang it up? You know, the Broncos also have to make some decisions. Brock Osweiler is going to be an unrestricted free agent. What do you do with him if Peyton Manning decides he wants to come back? So if Peyton says he wants to come back, there'll be some big decisions that need to be made by the Denver Broncos. If you, You're going to have to spend some money to keep Osweiler. And if you do, can you keep that kind of money on the bench? So it's going to be an interesting offseason, wait and see. So, you know, a lying ahead for Peyton Manning, do I ride off in the sunset with this or do I run the risk of coming back, possibly getting to a Super Bowl and losing another one and that be my lasting legacy or fail to make a Super Bowl, lose in the playoffs, and that be my lasting legacy or can I kind of, as they say, quote unquote, ride off in the sunset? That's going to be the interesting part of Peyton Manning's decision. Does he want to just throw it all out there on the table? Should be very interesting. So, there's that. So that's my quick wrap-up of things that went down in Super Bowl 50. Don't want to, didn't want to be long-winded here today and start going into all kinds of other stuff. I will have Warren Sapp on with me tomorrow. So it's going to be uh, the Warren Sapp segment tomorrow. Straight Talk with Warren Sapp tomorrow, Tuesday at 10 a.m. You don't want to miss that. So be sure to hop on. Mr. Sapp's going to have very strong opinions on some things. We may not agree on everything, so it could get a little heated here because, you know, Seth likes to dominate the conversation sometimes. So he and I may have to go head-to-head on a couple of the things here as he's texted me his thoughts on some things, and um, I don't know that we necessarily agree. So that's going to make things very, very interesting tomorrow. So that's 10 a.m., so hop on and enjoy that, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. I appreciate you tuning in and listening to uh, the post Super Bowl 50 rap show here on Gridiron Studs. And uh, we look forward to you coming back tomorrow. So, viewers, 
Gridiron Stud Show fan. Tell a friend, because the more the merrier. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. This is the end, my only friend, the end of Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.